This is Dr. Michael Bricky with Ageless Lifestyles, cutting-edge thinking for being youthful at every age. On each program, I interview experts on what it takes to live longer, healthier, and happier. Today's show is how overdiagnosis and overtreatment have become major medical health hazards. Our guest is Dr. H. Gilbert Welch, an internist and medical risk expert. When we think of problems in medicine, we tend to think of cost and medication errors and medication interactions and infections in hospitals. Dr. Welsh says, and I think he is right, that overdiagnosis is the biggest problem posed by modern medicine. And he goes on to say the problem is relevant to virtually all medical conditions. It causes a great deal of needless suffering and anxiety, and it greatly inflates medical cost. Dr. Welsh, welcome. Thank you for having me. I have a personal question for you. When many doctors do an annual PSA and digital rectal exam with men, when was the last time you had these exams? It's difficult to answer because I've never had the exam. (laughs) Having said that, I I feel I ought to uh, add a couple things so your listeners can put that in perspective. First, I'm 55 uh, years old. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm a conventionally trained physician. I teach, I uh, do research, I see patients. And this may surprise you, but I believe American medicine can be very, very beneficial. But it's really for sick patients. And my concern in this book is about what we're doing to people who are well, people who do not have symptoms. So I want to be clear that I think American medicine can do a lot of good, but also that it can do harm. And the place it's most likely to do harm is in people who are well. So one of the key beliefs that you address is that early detection doesn't necessarily save lives and often does more harm than good. Yeah, that it's a mixed bag. I think we've all sort of come to hear the word early detection and assume it's a invariable good. But the truth is there's two sides to early detection. There is the potential for benefit, and it sort of depends exactly what we're talking about, how big that potential is. But there's almost always a corresponding harm, and that harm is overdiagnosis. And and, and I think we ought to step back and just be clear what I mean by that word. Overdiagnosis occurs when we doctors make diagnoses in individuals who are not destined to ever develop symptoms or die from the condition diagnosed. And it's a side effect of our relentless desire to find disease early. That's annual checkups and screening. And the problem is that that we all harbor abnormalities. And our medical tests are increasingly able to find them. Yet most of these abnormalities will not go on to cause disease. But we doctors don't know which ones will and which ones won't, and our tendency is to treat everybody. And that means we're treating those who cannot benefit because there's nothing to fix, but they can be harmed. So one of the bottom lines in all of what we're going to be talking about is that if you're not having symptoms, be very careful about any diagnosis. I think that's right. I think we need a little bit of healthy skepticism about the value of finding disease before symptoms occur because, as I say, the side effect of that process is we label people and then treat people who will never go on to develop the condition in question. And I want to be clear, I'm not saying 
you should never do this. I just think you need to know both sides of the story and begin to think about it, particularly as we're developing new tests every day, and that there's a lot of incentives for people to test a lot and develop new tests, and we all need to develop a little skepticism about it. So we have the incentive that doctors can make more money by running more tests, and even hospitals and clinics can use test as a loss leader to get people into their system. Yes, there are a lot of incentives out there, and, and we, we should probably you know go through and give you a, a sense of the spectrum of incentives. And the first thing I should be clear to acknowledge is is true belief. You know, there's there's a lot of physicians and members of the public who truly believe that early diagnosis is always in people's interests. And as I said again, the reality is we can find abnormalities in just about everybody. And that's a belief we need to balance with this problem that early diagnosis actually can cause problems for people. So true belief is, is one of the root causes of overdiagnosis, but of course there are others. And clearly the other side of the story is money. Um, and the easiest way to make money for a pharmaceutical company isn't to build a better drug, it's to expand the market for existing drugs. And one way, and an easy way to... ...with women who receive annual mammograms for 10 years starting at age 50, one woman would avoid breast cancer, half a dozen women would be needlessly treated, a third would have at least one false alarm, and more than 100 would be needlessly biopsied. Further, as treatment becomes more effective, the downside of early diagnosis becomes even more pronounced. A second cause of overdiagnosis comes from changing the cutoff scores. For example, blood sugar levels for diabetes, cholesterol levels for heart disease, and bone density scores for osteoporosis. Thus, with the decision of a committee, the number of people deemed to have a disease could more than double overnight. While the benefits of treatment are usually obvious for people with extreme scores, there are diminishing returns and greater risks for treatment of people with marginal scores. Third, with increasingly powerful and pervasive MRI tests, CAT scans, and other tests, doctors stumble onto findings that prompt more testing and possibly treatment. For example, about half of virtual colonoscopies find abnormalities in the kidney, liver, lungs, or other tissues. The vast majority of these abnormalities are benign, but it's hard to pass on further testing once they've been identified. In scans of other areas of the body, scans need to consider asymptomatic base rates as high as 50% for disc protrusions and 40% for damaged knee cartilage. Fourth, with the exception of using genetics to help determine medications for cancer treatments, currently DNA testing either tends to tell us what we already know or give weak correlations that don't give any indication of what we should do differently. The bottom line is to be cautious about testing when there are no symptoms and when there are no risk factors such as family history, lifestyle risk, exposure to diseases or toxic chemicals, or health or medication concerns. Dr. Welsh also cautions about survival rate data. 
a man who is diagnosed with prostate cancer at age 60 and dies at 91 of prostate cancer would have had an impressive 30-year survival rate. If his prostate cancer was diagnosed at 87 and he died at 91, he would fail the five-year survival criteria. Testimonials from celebrities such as Bob Dole, General Schwarzenkopf, and Arnold Palmer illustrate how early detection and survival rate data can be misleading. For more information on Dr. Welsh's book, you can go to his publisher, Beacon Press, which is beacon.org, and in the search window type in Welsh, or you can go, of course, to amazon.com, or or I'll have a link to the more specific site on beacon.org on my site, agelesslifestyles.com. Finally, I would note that Dr. Welsh and his co-authors are donating all the proceeds from their book to local charities. You are listening to Ageless Lifestyles on webtalkradio.net and permanently archived on agelesslifestyles.com. For information on my books, Defy Aging and 52 Baby Steps to Grow Young, my anti-aging hypnosis CDs, personal coaching, and my keynote and seminar services, just go to notaging.com or to drbricky.com, D-R-B-R-I-C-K-E-Y.com. I'd love to hear your comments and suggestions. Send them to radio at agelesslifestyles.com. This is your anti-aging psychologist, Dr. Michael Bricky, thanking you for joining us on our quest to live longer, healthier, and happier.